We are uh, more than halfway through the series on Explore God Chicago. We are joining with about 900 churches in the Chicagoland area that are looking at these um, seven questions, uh, seven different questions that people have about faith and about Christianity. And today's question is, is Jesus really God? So obviously there's more that can be said in one service, so we will say when Je- look at one verse this morning and a couple other passages throughout. But John chapter 20, verse 30 says this. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Let's pray. Holy Father, Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks for the chance for us to look at different questions about who you say you are and what Christianity has to say. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray you would come and help. I pray that you'd help me and help us as we just think through your word. I pray that you just open our eyes to the truth. And Lord, I pray that you'd give me the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Is Jesus really God? Larry King, who was a great uh, world-class interviewer, was asked a number of years ago um, if he could interview anyone on earth or anyone who ever lived in history, who would it be? And he instantly said, Jesus Christ. So they asked Larry King why and what he would ask him. And Larry King said, I would ask him if he was really born of a virgin. Because the answer to that question changes everything. Is Jesus God? And the truth is Jesus does change everything. If, if Jesus is God, if Jesus is really God, then you and I would have to let all of our lives center around that reality. If, if Jesus really is God, that would be the most intellectually, most emotionally wisest choice that we can make. But who is, who is Jesus? Is Jesus really God? What's our, what's our culture say about who Jesus is? What's the, what's the secular view of, of people say who Jesus is? Um, is many people would say for this question that this is they would say it's just a waste of time. Nobody cares. They would say it's just the idea of Jesus being God is just filled with just ancient myths. It's antiquated literature. It's about a guy who has awful, awkward, and awful uh, sets of oppressive standards to live by. They, they would say it, it just is not true. That Jesus isn't God. They would even go as far as to say he's just like a whole other created mythical figures that exist. Now listen especially if you are in high school, junior high, or in college, you, you may walk into a class someday and have some professor stand up to you and say, hey, there's this guy, there's a guy named Jesus who uh, said he was born on December 25th, he rose from the dead, and, and they, they will list all the things that you would say you know about Jesus. And then they're going to point to you about six other mythical characters who have the exact same things said about them. And for some of you, if you don't listen, you're going to sit in class someday and you're going to be so shaken by that because you'll say, I I never heard that before. You you heard it from me. 
We know about it. And just because you're in a class or you read it or you see some series that's really done well in a documentary uh, on TV, it's really flashy and fancy, and they talk all this information and say, say, here's Jesus, and here's all these mythical mythical characters as well. Uh, They're all the same. They say the same thing, so Jesus isn't true. You have to examine the evidence. For the last about nine years, I've driven three red cars. And so if you said to me, Paul, you've driven three red cars, so all the cars are the same, I would say that that's ridiculous. Examine the evidence. Find out which cars that I have. Test the evidence. Find out which ones are better. Not all red cars are the same, which is why I've driven three of them in the last 10 years. So just because our culture says, and secular culture says that there's these mythical characters have the same types of beliefs, check the evidence. What do other religions say about Jesus? Everybody talks about Jesus. Buddhism teaches that Jesus was not God, but was an enlightened man like Buddha. Hinduism teaches that Jesus is an incarnation of God, like Krishna. Islam teaches that Jesus was a man and a prophet, but was inferior to Muhammad. Jehovah's Witnesses say that Jesus was merely the archangel Michael, a created being that became a man. Mormonism teaches that Jesus was only a man who became one of many gods, and that he was a polygamist and a half-brother of Lucifer. Scientology teaches that Jesus was an implanted force, on Theaton about a million years ago. But everybody talks about Jesus. And some of those beliefs that we just said get clumped into what Christianity teaches about Jesus. But Jesus still has influence, doesn't he? Jesus, the spread of Christianity around the world is not slowing down. For, for years, people said that religion was going to die out in our enlightened age. It's not true. It's actually, it's, it's actually growing and expanding. Thousands and thousands of people become Christians, turn to Christ every year and even every day. I mean, Jesus is still a headliner. When, when Jesus is mentioned, people still listen. People pay big bucks to hear about Jesus. This spring, just saw it this week, just this spring, the History Channel is going to do a whole special on Jesus. That's the title of it, Jesus. Jesus still makes money in our culture. He is still a headliner. Today there's a greater percentage of the world that believes in Jesus than ever before. So who is Jesus? That's the question. Who is Jesus? And who do you understand Jesus to be. So where do you begin? Where, where, where would we begin to build a case or just to explain what does Christianity say about who Jesus is? First of all, I would say Jesus really existed. There are people who say that Jesus did not actually exist, that he, that he never really lived. But, there are, but, but scholars on all sides, those who believe and those who don't believe, all scholars today would say that a man... Jesus of Nazareth lived and died. And in ancient texts, there's a number of them, Josephus, Pliny the Younger, they all mention this person, Jesus. So Jesus really existed. The man, Jesus of Nazareth, lived on this earth. But here's the thing when it comes to our understanding of Jesus. 
Many people, many of you might, might talk about Jesus as if your relationship to him personally, like you, how you know Jesus, like you started the story with him. But actually, we need to reverse it and see that it's, it's really the story of God. It's before our story, it's history, or it's his story. That God created a world, and then he called a people for himself, and the nation of Israel, and then he gave them covenants and promises, and the compelling drama and story. That's what, that's what the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's, that's the story they paint. This, this long story of history that spans thousands uh, of years, that points to this person that people were looking for in the Jewish faith, a Messiah, Jesus, who was salvation, who was supposed to come. And it's historical. When you read the Gospels, you hear about real people. Caesar Augustus. You just hear about actual characters who history knows were true. And this is where it becomes the question concerning Jesus. Was Jesus the fulfillment for the nation of Israel and the world? Was Jesus the fulfillment of history for Israel and the nation of of the world. Is Jesus, was he and is he the promised Messiah? That's the question because for Jews that became a great stumbling block, which is why they killed Jesus for blasphemy, which is claiming to yourself the attributes of God. The Jews heard Jesus say and claim he was God. They, they, they killed him for blasphemy. And it's a huge stumbling block for who Jesus is to the Jews. And for the Greeks and the non-Jews, they thought it was foolishness. They didn't care. They had all kinds of gods, all kinds of beliefs. What does it matter? Just another God, just another so-called God. It was foolishness to them, except for a very significant event that took place, it says, of Jesus. So what's the case for Christ? How did Je- who did Jesus say that he was? Who did Jesus say that he was. Jesus said he was God. And he did actions and his attributes that painted that. Hey, the, the problem with the question of who is Jesus really God is Jesus never came out and just said, uh, Hi, I'm Jesus and I am God. He, he, he didn't say that. You're not going to read that in Scripture anywhere. You're never going to find that phrase. But what Jesus did in the culture of his day. In, in all the ways that someone would be recognized as divine and God and unique, he took all of those symbols, statements, and he pointed them to himself. And, and in a sense, he said he was God, but he did it by his attributes. I mean, Jesus appropriated the attributes and actions reserved for God alone, and, and it got him in trouble often. In John chapter 8, in John chapter 8, he's talking to a group of Jewish religious leaders who knew the law, they knew the Old Testament, they knew the story that God had told. In John chapter 8, verses 56 through 59, he says, Jesus, they're talking to him, he says, are you greater than our father Abraham who died and the prophets died? Who, did, who, who, do, who do you make yourself out to be? And Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me, of whom you say he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I did not know him, 
I would be a liar like you, but I do know him, and I keep his word. Jesus is talking to these religious leaders, and he says, I know Abraham. I, I, he made himself equal with God. He, he was pre-existent, he said. He, he didn't say he was born and came into the world. He said he, he was equal with, with God. In John chapter 17, he, he praised that. He talks about he was equal with God. He even took on God's exact name. He, he took on the name I am in, in John 58. He says, I am, which is what God said in Exodus to the story of Moses, when Mo- Moses is standing at the burning bush and he, and, and he hears, I am. That's God's name. That's the name for Yahweh. And Jesus used that name. He said, what does that matter? To, to, to Jewish people, did they catch that? They did. Because as you keep reading in John chapter 8, they picked up stones to kill him. I mean, here was Jewish, this good, Jesus, this good Jewish boy following the Old Testament laws and the the faith. And then he comes out and says, I I am equal with God. He he claimed the attributes of God. He took on God's name, and they wanted to kill him for it. They thought it was blasphemy. The Gospels say that when Jesus welcomed Thomas' confession, when, when Thomas wasn't there, and he came back to see Jesus, and Thomas says, my Lord and my God, Jesus did not stop him. Jesus accepted Thomas's confession. Jesus, an honest person, wouldn't do that. A lot of people like to say that, I, I, I like the idea of Jesus. He's, he's a good guy. But good guys don't take other people's claims. You ever been at work and if small places, I've been at some companies, there's a small place and I wasn't the boss, but somebody, some salesman comes in, they see me, they, they, they think that, that you're, that you're the, in charge and they come talking to you and want you to make decisions. You don't claim to be the boss and make the decision. That you wouldn't be a good employee, you wouldn't be a good guy. Jesus, Jesus did that. He, he, he allowed that to take place. He said he was God by his attributes. And by his actions. All through the, we're told about, he turned water into wine, he walked on water, he healed the sick, he was sovereign control, had sovereign control over the weather, but he forgave sins. He would go around, it would say, and he would forgive sins, which is comical, really. I mean, it's one thing if someone does something to you and you forgive them, we expect that. And if you hit my car and I decide not to make you pay for it, but I pay for it and I forgive you, I'm a nice guy. But if you hit Jerry's car and I walk up to you and say, it's okay, I forgive you, and it's not even my car, does that make any sense? This is what Jesus did. He, he, he would walk up to situations where he wasn't the one who had been offended or even hurt the people didn't say, and he would say, I, I forgive you for your sins, I, I forgive you. Who does that? Only someone who knew that there was power in that forgiveness. C.S. Lewis said the idea that a guy would just walk around saying um, he forgives people for things that he wasn't even involved in was, is asinine fatuity, which is just absolute stupidity for someone to do that. Unless, unless and only if he really was the God 
whose laws are broken and whose love is wounded in every sin. What did Jesus say? And what he did shows that he said he was God and he acted as if he was God. And why would it be that what killed Jesus of Nazareth was the claim of blasphemy? It was blasphemy that got Jesus killed. That's what they accused him of. And and here's why this is important. If you believe any of what I just said or not, it's because the danger of hearing all that and saying, well, I still like Jesus. He's still a good guy, good guy of history. He's got some good teachings that that are helpful for the world. It's what C.S. Lewis said, one of his most famous quotes. He says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone from saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus, that I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who says he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit on him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He didn't intend to. Jesus said he was God, but what's the evidence that Jesus is God? Is is there any evidence outside of that? Well, first evidence that, that we know is that Jesus died. Jesus died. Even liberal scholars who don't believe Jesus have said, one of them says, Jesus' death and burial in the tomb is one of the earliest and best attested facts about Jesus. His story is mentioned in all four of the Gospels, all separate manuscripts, all separate texts written over um, time that we'll look at next week. And, and in those stories about Jesus and his death and his burial is that it doesn't paint his followers in a good way. I mean, they, they fled away from him. The, 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 the Jewish leaders, they buried him. It says that when they, when they came, when Jesus died on the cross, two Jewish leaders, and they named them, Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who were high Jewish religious leaders, came and asked Jesus for his body so that they could bury him. Why would they mention these guys who, who really lived if Jesus hadn't really lived and died? And it was accepted as true because these two religious leaders were known. Remember when Osama bin Laden was killed? And the whole world wanted to see him? We wanted as Americans to, to see his body. Is he really dead? And President Obama said, we, we, we don't spike the football. And so they dumped him off into the ocean somewhere. Nobody saw that. But we believe it because of our belief in the authorities are telling us the truth about that, that people did see it. 
So, so Jesus died, and he was buried by Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, and three days later, the tomb was empty, and everybody agrees with this. The idea that the tomb was empty is not an issue. Here's where everything changes, though, because the tomb is empty. So Jesus' body was stolen, is what people believed, or people said that Jesus rose from the dead, and he's alive. And the resurrection changes everything when it comes to Jesus. And just a couple of ideas on the resurrection. When the resurrection story was told, the people that proclaimed first that Jesus rose from the dead was not Jewish leaders, wasn't scholars, it was women. In all the gospel accounts, women are the first ones to say, that see the tomb was empty, and to claim that the tomb was empty. That's very significant because back in that culture, nobody would have believed them. They would have had no credibility. Women didn't have credibility. That's just the way that culture was. But the whole story, the whole account of the resurrection is based on all the gospels. That women were the first ones to see the empty tomb and talk to him. If you're going to create a belief system, if you're going to create a way to follow this religious leader in that culture, that would not have been the way to normally have done it. Just the second thing was all the disciples who fled and ran away from Jesus, all the ones that escaped, the story is that they were totally transformed when they heard and saw the, resurre- the resurrection and saw Jesus. These guys who were very afraid, who had jobs they wanted to go back to, tried to go back to, when they saw Jesus resurrected, their lives were transformed. One of the greatest examples is Peter, who denied Jesus, who, who was one of the closest ones to Jesus, left Jesus, and after the resurrection... And after everything took place, just a few months later, he preaches in Jerusalem on a national holiday that Jesus was alive and rose from the dead. These were transformed individuals. If Jesus did rise, listen, if Jesus did rise, Michael Horton says, then, it mean, then its meaning is exactly what he and his disciples said it was. We can remain aloof to the resurrection claim with the assertion that it can't happen. But the real question is whether, in fact, it did happen, regardless of whether we think it could. There's a lot of things that we don't think can happen that happen. I'm driving this morning from Plano by Creek Road and Fraser Road, and I look off to the side, and there's a giant blue rocking chair in the middle of a field. It's really there. If you'd have told me, hey, Paul, there's a giant blue rocking, field, rocking chair in a field in Plano, I'd have said, no way. I don't believe it. I'm not expecting to see a giant blue rocking chair in the middle of a field in Plano. I, 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 don't, want, I, don't, I don't think that's where, where rocking chairs are supposed to be. That, that's not how I pictured that. I, I wasn't desiring to see a rocking chair. But there's a rocking chair in the middle of the field in Fraser Road and Creek Road in Plano. 
That's how people felt with the resurrection. They, the, the Jews and the Greeks, they weren't looking for a resurrection. They, were, they weren't looking to see Jesus this way. They, they didn't believe it could even happen, but it happened and it radically transformed their lives. And once it happens, once they saw it, they couldn't say it didn't happen. They couldn't deny it and they were changed by it. So if the resurrection's true, everything's true. And then 1 Corinthians says, listen, if the resurrection isn't true, none of it's true. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and say you follow Jesus Christ, if the resurrection is not true, the Bible itself says you're the biggest fools that ever lived. You are absolutely wasting your time. But it is true, Scripture says. And what does it matter? What does it matter? What does it matter that Jesus said he was God? What does it matter that there is evidence that Jesus is God? What's it matter? It matters this way. You, you owe it to yourself. If you're, if you're not sure who Jesus is or if Jesus is really God, if any of that stuff that I just said is even remotely possible, which big blue rocking chairs in Plano is possible. So if that's possible, if anything that I said is even remotely possible, it matters that you owe it to yourself to investigate the claim of who Jesus is. If Jesus is the person and the character that the whole world is still enamored by, you owe it to yourself to investigate the claim and you are given an opportunity because it's who Jesus says he was and who Jesus is. And what Jesus said he was and is is God. And if he's God, then he is the one who can give purpose to people's lives who don't have purpose. If he's God, he's the one who can take care and deal with your problems that you're struggling with this week in Sandwich, in Plano, and the Route 34 corridor in 2019. If Jesus is who he says he is, he gives purpose to your life now, he can help you with your situations and problems, and he can show you the path to how to truly live life and have true flourishing in life. Because Jesus is the kind of character that you can't just ignore. And he brings us to a decision. You can't hear what I just said and not make a choice who God is. A choice has to be made when it comes to Jesus. Someone once said, others have said, this is the truth about the universe, and this is the way you ought to go. But Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. He said, no man can reach absolute reality except through me. Try to retain your own life, and you will be inevitably ruined. Give yourself away, and you will be saved. Finally, do not be afraid. I have overcome the whole universe. In Matthew chapter 16, Jesus is sitting down and he's with his disciples and they're walking and he turns to them and he says, who do you say that I am? And some of them said, people say this about you, people say that about you, people say this about you, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. The most important question you'll ever be asked and the most important question 
you will ever answer is who do you say that Jesus is? So I'll ask you, who is Jesus? Let's pray.